Welcome to the Holistic Sojourner podcast, the radio show to help women manifest wealth and wellness in a holistic way. I want to help you discover your spiritual purpose, master your mindset, get out of crisis mode, and create the life you want all while being lit up. I'm your host, Regis Cowan, spiritual life purpose coach for millennials, and my passion is helping women like you get off the struggle bus and live the life you deserve. Let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Holistic Sojourner podcast. I am super excited today because I have a special guest. Gina Marie is going to be talking to us today about her self-publishing journey and fulfilling her childhood dream of becoming a published author. Hey Gina, how are you? Hey Regis, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So glad to have you on the show. I'm excited to be on the show. Awesome. Awesome. So we're just going to jump right in here and start talking about you and what's going on. Um, Tell me a little bit about your background and your life, and then we'll jump into your writing journey. Sure. So I live in northern New Jersey. I'm right outside of New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, 31 years old. I'll be 32 in a few weeks, which is daunting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So the years just roll by quicker the older you get. They do, um, man. Uh, I have a wonderful husband. His name is Adam. And I have a corporate job, but I am a self-published author. I published my first book last year, October 30th of 2018. And I'm currently working on my second book. Awesome. Go, girl. Yeah. Thank you. Super. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about as far as like your childhood. Is this something you, you said you've always wanted to do writing a book? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I learned to read very, very early. I learned to read probably at about two and a half or three. I can't remember a time in my life where I wasn't reading. Um, my love of writing actually stemmed from my love of reading. When I was a child, my mother read to me every single night. So she would read my book, you know, the child books to me, kid books, Mm -hmm. and she would point to every word. And I learned to read actually by memorizing the books and the, you know, the, you just memorize the words, you know, what words sound like what. Right. And eventually I just, I read everything I could get my hands on. Um, most kids, I think most children want to go to a toy store and, or nowadays <laughs> an, an electronics. Yep. Yeah. Like, you know, kids just want toys. I wanted books and my parents would, um, you know, would just buy me books. And I would say, can you take me to the bookstore? Can you take me to the library? I want books. And, and they obliged. And I would start writing short stories. I would make things up and start writing. And um, I always wanted to be a published author. I always wanted to write something. And when I was, I would say, maybe about eight or nine years old, I started writing short stories featuring Disney characters. Like I would, I was writing yeah. fan fiction before fan fiction was a right. thing, like, a, <laughs> like a term and, and a thing in people's lives. And I just would always dream of it. And, you know, I think as a kid, you don't really understand where, how, how to get things started or where to go for resources. And it was something I shelved. I, you know, I graduated high school, then I graduated college. Um, I got my master's degree and I got a job and got married and bought a house. And so 
all of that, I think, major life stuff happened. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, well, now, now what do I do? Because right. I have everything. So I'm, I'm, you know, now, now what? And I would just, every time I would walk into a library or bookstore, I would get kind of sad because I'm like, gee, I wish, I wish my book were in a store. I wish people would read something that I would write. And my husband just kept encouraging me and, and my parents and my friends were like, just do it, just do it. So I did it and I kept working at it and um, eventually I, I got a finished product and I remember holding the prototype of the book in my hand going, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did this. And um, when I finally got that notice from Amazon, because when you publish something on, self-publish mm-hmm. something on Amazon, they'll send you the notice saying, okay, your book's available. And I just Ooh, so exciting. cried and cried. <laughs> it was it was so emotional. And I was by myself. I was actually home when I got the notice and I was hysterical. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> so that was that. And um, it's just been a crazy journey going going forward. I'm in two stores right now. Um, I've been selling online and you know, now I've I've being able to be interviewed by lovely people like you and yeah. it's, just, it's such a it's so awesome it's just awesome to see something that has literally been 30 plus years in the making and it's finally here my my dream has finally come true so it, it's just it's incredible that's super exciting I love that you know I do like how you know you said that this is like a childhood dream for you because I feel like a lot of people are struggling with you know, finding their life purpose or something that, you know, they can do that they're good at or that lights them up. And that's like one of the main things I tell people to do is like, think back, back to your childhood. Like, what were you interested in? What did you like? What kind of child were you? And so for you to bring that up is like perfect because people just don't realize like there's so much in thinking back to your childhood. Like we're still the same people, even as kids, like you still have some of the same interests, even though you don't realize that you do, or maybe you put them on the back burner to do other things like have a life, like you said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get married, go to school. And so those things got put on the back burner. And, but they keep coming up because ultimately I think that that's your soul's calling. Like you have to do it. Yes, yes. And I think to your point, you get so caught up in just trying to get other things done, whether you are trying to move out on your own or you're trying to establish yourself, or you're having children or whatever, whatever people do, you know, that you're, that you're just part of life. And I think that a lot of people lose themselves as they get older because they mm-hmm. think, all right, well, I have to, this is what I'm supposed to do. But you you want to just, as you said, think back to like who you were before the world told you who you had to be. You have mm-hmm. to do this and you have to do that. And you just forget what your dream really was. Um, and I, I just, I think that's so great that you encourage people to do that because that's you, that's where you, where you light up, where you shine when you're, when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yes, exactly. That's your purpose right there. You just got to dig deep and, you know, find it. Yes, absolutely. Cool. So tell me a little bit about your book, The Letters in the Old House. How did that idea come about? And um, yeah, what's your book about? So my book is a novel and it takes place down the Jersey Shore because I am from New Jersey. So as most Jersey girls do, Mm -hmm. I've spent many, many summers down the shore taking day trips. My family used to um, used to rent. My parents actually live down the shore now. So it's it's nice. Now, when I say down the shore, it's that's a literally 
Jersey. Yeah, that's a Jersey thing to say. I'm going down the shore for the weekend. It really means I am going to the beach for the weekend. So right. sometimes I tell people who don't live in this area, oh, you know, going down the shore and they go, what the heck does that mean? And I have to explain. <laughs> so it's a Jersey thing. So um, I, I wrote the book because I love, I love the Jersey shore. It is the most incredible place. It is not what people see on TV with that mm-hmm. horrid, um, <laughs> television show that New Jersey that was horrible like terrible um it's an absolutely beautiful place there's so many great shops and restaurants and beautiful um historic homes in a lot of places and I really wanted to showcase what the Jersey Shore means to me so Mm -hmm. the book is about a young woman her name is Penny and she's actually moving down the shore for the summer to stay with her aunt and uncle who own a cafe mm-hmm. and she starts working in the cafe because she's a teacher so she has the summer off and she her boyfriend just unexpectedly dumped her so she's kind of sad and bummed and she just kind of begins a whole new life down there and Part of what happens to her is she starts finding letters in her aunt and uncle's house that were exchanged between a man and a woman who had a romance um, something like 60 years ago. It was a long time ago. And she goes on this journey to figure out who wrote those letters, why they wrote the letters, what happened to the people who wrote the letters. And in the end, she, I'm not going to give the ending away, but she, um, she figures out the mystery and she, she makes a very, um, big decision in her life that changes her life. And it's really a coming of age story for that feeling or that point in your life where you have to make a big decision. And it's like, do I leap? Do I not leap? Mm. And that's what she goes through in the end. And, um, and, and it's just, it was interesting for me to evolve her as a character and see how she grew as a character and see how she changed and, and her thoughts. So when I finished it, it, it was almost kind of sad because I'm like, wow, I kind of miss her now. <laughs> I felt like she was a part, like a real person in my life. Right. <laughs> so um, but but it's it's a really great um, beach or summer read, um, and I know not everybody um, has the opportunity to go to the beach. But even if you're playing by a pool or by a lake or just oh, in yeah. your backyard, it's a very quick, easy, fun read. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be looking into that. That sounds really interesting and good. And I like the fact that you said you know taking that leap of faith because I think a lot of people are in that right now too. You're in that transition space where you're like okay I'm not really fulfilled with where I am in life or I'm going through a life crisis or have some things going on and so I like that you you know that your character kind of she took a different turn and tried something new went down to the shore for the weekend you know just to get out of her normal life of what she had going on and then it's like taking time to do that exposes you to other things and you know like you said she started a new journey and found these letters and trying to figure out you know something else going on in life and like you well I don't know the end of the story but it seems like she made some type of positive um got some type of positive result out of it in the end she did yes so it really shows when you keep your mind open to things and you don't close yourself off or you don't limit yourself um 
you can really change your life for the better. You can really make things better for yourself, which is what she ends up doing. Mm-hmm. And um, it, you're, you're absolutely correct. I think a lot of people, especially in, um, in their 20s and 30s, sometimes feel like they're in a rut where they go, oh gosh, uh, you know, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what my next move should be. Should I take this job? Should I do this? Should I do that? Um, and that's really what she's going through. I think it's relatable no matter how old you are. I think a lot of people hit that at least once in their life. Oh, yeah, definitely. Probably more than once. Midlife crisis, quarter life crisis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So do you, would you say that any part of you was kind of put into this character, some of your own personal um, characteristics? Yes. So some of the things that happened to her not that they happened to me but uh-huh. they're um inspired by true events a few a few things um and a few characters are inspired by people I, one specific um okay. character is inspired by uh i'm not going to say who but you know, <laughs> don't, put my ass. Uh-uh, don't do that no no no, no. um i'm i there's one particular character who was based off of somebody um in my life at one point and um so it, it i i always say there is a little bit of me in every main character that i write so with penny the main character mm-hmm. um there are a few um characteristics that she has that i have as well and then there's my second book that I'm working on right now um, which also takes place in the same fictitious town that the first book took place and uh-huh. um, that particular character also has some qualities uh, shares some qualities with me nice awesome yeah I think a lot of writers seem to you can't help but like put yourself you know in that space so that you can come up with a good book and a good story to really experience it and be the character so to speak Right. And there's, it's funny because I was looking on Etsy a while back and there's a shirt that I've been meaning to buy and I just, I haven't bought it yet, but there, there's this shirt that says something like, I'm a writer. Anything you do or say to me might be put in one of my books. <laughs> my books. Oh yeah. I like that. <laughs> so it's like, Hey, listen, if you have beef with me and you're going to, you're going to be mean to me, or you're going to do something to me or whatever. Um, don't be surprised if that ends up somewhere right. in one of my books, because you know, it's, it's the, you never know. And names are changed to protect the not so innocent. <laughs> right. But, um, it, it's, it, it is always, um, I think, uh, to your point, a lot of writers put themselves in the story or they take real life experiences that they've had or that they know others have had that are close to them and they, they put those experiences into the book. And I, a lot of stuff that happens to me inspires um, stories that I eventually want to write. I'm like, oh, that would make a great book. Or what if I mm-hmm. took this, but then it happened that way. And uh, there's so much inspiration just in your daily life. You just have to be open to to considering it as, as inspiration. Yeah, most definitely. I agree. So um, I wanted to ask you, since you've published your first book and now you're working on your second one, um, definitely writing a book is on my list. I'll get to it at some point in time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it. It'll be a self-help book or something. I don't know yet. But um, what like, tell me, like, what is the journey of writing a novel or writing a book? Like, what is that like? How do you start? How do you begin? How long do you, does it normally take? Like, give me a little info on that. Sure. Um, so I will tell you, in my experience, it's a very 
um, lonely process. So when I say lonely, I don't mean that in so, so much of a negative way. I mean it like nobody else is in that um, in that world with you. So you're, mm-hmm. for in, in my case, if you're writing fiction, you're creating a whole world that only you know about right now. Because my husband would come into my on my home office and say, Oh, what are you working on? Even now I close my laptop. I'm like, nothing, nothing. Don't read it. Don't read it. Don't read it. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a very, um, solitary process. Maybe that's a better word because yeah. you are only, you know, what you're writing. And even if, if you were to create a self-help book or something like that, or something inspirational, you're in that world of your book that nobody else can really share with you yet. Now, once your book is published and people have read it, it's a little less isolating because now people know what's out there and they know what you were thinking and they know what you were writing, but it's very much in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, I, when I was first starting to write my book, I wasn't using an outline, which is a big mistake. So I went through several chapters without using an outline. I broke one of my cardinal Uh rules, which is to always outline anything that you're going to write because it serves as a roadmap. Um, I got several chapters in and I said, oh, geez, I better better write an outline. So I stopped and I created an outline for the rest of my book. And it was smoother sailing so that something... I always tell people who want to write a book or they want even a blog post or something like that. All my blog posts, I outline first. It's like creating a roadmap for your writing because you don't forget anything. You can read over the outline and say, oh shoot, I forgot to do this. or I forgot to do that. Or Mm -hmm. let me mention this instead. And it just gives you such clarity as to what you want to say. And it helps you organize your thoughts. So I wrote on and off for a couple of years. I would start, it would stop for like months and then I would go back to it. And then, and I finally got consistent with it. And I think consistency is really key to getting something like that done. Even if yeah. you're just creating um, like a few pages or you're just saying, I'm going to finish, um, I'm going to just outline one chapter day or something like that. You have to consistently take steps to get it done. Otherwise it will sit there and it will never get yeah. done. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And, and it's, and it's tough because sometimes you're not feeling it and you're like, uh, I really don't want to do this or I'm, I'm tired or I'd rather go out with my friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, it takes discipline and it takes a lot, but once you're in the zone, you're in the zone. Um, I eventually finished it and I did not have an editor because I did not want to spend the money on an editor. I was doing this on a shoestring budget. Right. Um, admittedly, there are a couple of spelling errors here and there, but, or not even spelling errors, but like I duplicated a word somewhere and, um, and I'll totally admit to that. It, it was, it was me. Um, and that was it. I did have a friend who I trusted read it over and she helped me make some changes as well. Um, my husband helped me with the cover of the book with using Photoshop because he's really good with Photoshop. So he helped me design that and then everything else was totally me. Um, but the, this is the biggest piece of advice I can give anybody. If you're considering writing a book or anything, I would always say, make sure you start with an outline because that will make your life a thousand times easier. If you don't outline, your thoughts are going to be all over the place. You're not going to remember what you said. You're going to leave something important out. So the outline is the most important part of getting your book organized and, um, and mapping out what you want to do. Yeah, definitely. Because I know I've written, I mean, just me writing like blog posts or Instagram posts or my newsletter, it's like, 
I'll have, you know, like this instant inspiration. Ooh, I got to write about this, talk about it. And I'll start talking and going through it. And the next thing I know, I get so deep in, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. What was I, what else was I going to say? Yes. Yes. <laughs> get lost or like you said, leave something out. And I'm like, oh man, I didn't mean to leave this out. I can't go back and fix it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's such a lifesaver. And I recommend getting a pretty notebook or something that you like to write in and getting nice pens and stuff. Yes. And it makes the, you know, the, the process a little bit better, but I outline everything and and it just makes your life so much easier yeah definitely yeah I've had to learn that the hard way too <laughs> like <laughs> just going off the top of my head and doing it and then I'm like okay yeah this isn't what's working let me do like maybe some notes or an outline or come up with some type of plan before I just you know jump in feet first so yeah I definitely yeah and and it doesn't have to look a certain way I think like I don't know when I was in school they taught us the quote-unquote right way to outline but I don't think that one way works for everybody some people work better um just jotting things down and um organizing it that way or or drawing and making pictures of like it just everybody's so different everybody's brain works differently mm-hmm. um for me it's bullet points the bullet points are are my friend and That's I do me. bullet points and arrows but everybody is different so whatever works for you as long as you're writing something down prior to actually creating your blog post or your book or whatever um that that will help you immensely mm-hmm. awesome yeah I agree Um, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit, um, just because I like to ask people about like their spiritual, their spirituality, any woo woo experiences you may have had, um, or is there something that just really speaks to you or calls to you that may have even influenced your writing? Um, or do you feel like this is like writing is your life purpose and how did you get to that point? Sure. So, um, well, spiritually, like I'm, and I think spirituality is different for everybody, but, Mm -hmm. um, just religion wise, I'm Catholic. I was raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not, um, I'm not a devout, devout Catholic where every little thing I lived with my husband before we got married and all that. So, um, I, but I, I believe in the, the guiding principles of Christianity, be kind to others, um, Mm -hmm. you know, treat everybody, um, kindly and, and doing good and, and all of that. Um, but spiritually, you know, I feel like when I'm, I'm not, a, and I don't know if this comes across, probably not. I'm a very introverted person. It's, it's, um, Me it's too. very, it's, it's, <laughs> people it's don't know that. In, Oh my gosh. It's anxiety inducing for me to meet new people. And I know that sounds really crazy, but it's the truth. Um, I like being alone. I like being home with my books um, mm-hmm. or um, writing. Um, I enjoy being at the beach with a book. Um, and just relaxing. That's how I recharge. I know a lot of people right. recharge by going out with friends and getting dinner, having drinks. Oh, it's exhausting. Um, it's, it is very, it's very <laughs> exhausting. And when I go out with people and as much as I love my friends and the people in my life, when I come home, I'm like, okay, I need to recharge. I need to fill my cup up. I need to mm-hmm. be by myself and get electrocuted again because <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so, it, it is definitely a lot. And my husband is the same way. My husband is, um, he, he recharges the same way by being, um, by being alone or just mm-hmm. the two of us together, because I don't need to recharge from being with him because he's my best friend. Right. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, um, it's definitely something I, I need, I need to be, to feel that way. 
um, just, just spiritually as far as what really drives me or what drives me to write, it's really my goals. My goals drive me to complete things. I know that when I'm supposed to work on something for my book or write and I'm not, it's setting me back. Right. So if I had a goal to write X amount of words or pages or whatever for the month or the week. And I'm not doing that when I'm supposed to be doing that. It's that feeling of, okay, I really should be doing this because it's going to put me behind and that's more time it's going to take for this mm-hmm. to get done and published. So it can, it's a good thing and a bad thing because it can be anxiety inducing if I don't um, get to something and there's a legitimate reason that I didn't get to it. And that, then it sends me into a tailspin, but um, it, it's just that feeling of wanting to um, stick to my goals and stick to the plan and stick to um, what I have set for myself. Um, but that's, that's really, that's really what drives me is just keeping and sticking to my goals. Yeah. Well, that's good that you have that, you know, inner motivation because some people need, I feel like some people need to be babysat or they constantly need that accountability. You know, it seems like you're pretty, ambitious and self-driven and um you know like you want to get things done I think this sounds like that's more of a burden to you to know that like you said it's setting me back so I'd rather just do it so that I don't have to you know deal with knowing that it's a setback later yes and it's that self-inflicted guilt which again not always a good thing um but I I do try to keep myself accountable hold myself accountable mm-hmm. and I think when people say oh I don't have time to um blah 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 whatever it is like I don't have time to work on a book or I don't have time to and I have a job and I want to say listen I have a job and a house and a marriage too um, and I know, you know, some people have kids and that, that can, that can make things a little bit different because a lot right. of time is, is taken up with that and it's super busy. Um, and, but, but people who just say in general, like, oh, like I don't have time, but then I see them poking around on Instagram for two hours or Facebook <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, you know, you can use that time a little bit better, right? You can work on something and you can, you can create your dreams. You just have to stick to it and prioritize your life. Yeah, you do. It's so like, that's the truth. People don't think that there's not enough time in the day, but there's plenty of time. We make yeah. time to do the things we want to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it, it's, it, just, it just makes you really realize when you're sitting there going, well, wow, look, I spent a lot of time on social media today, or, oh, I just watched Netflix for three hours. Well, it's okay to watch Netflix once in a while because I love Netflix. But who doesn't? <laughs> Man, I got some good stuff on there. Yeah. I, I mean, please, like, who needs cable anymore? So, right. um, but if you're, if you're sitting there and you're wondering why you can't get something done or why you're not making effective use of your time, just think about what you're actually doing. Are you sitting there on social media or just getting sucked into the internet? Or are you sitting there watching movies and TV shows and reruns and, Um, and that's good to recharge and do that. You should do that once in a while, but some people say like, Oh, I watch Netflix all weekend. And I say, okay, but then you're complaining that you can't get anything done. You're not using your time wisely. So it's, it's time management skills. It's, it's really staying focused on your goals and, and just keeping in mind the end result of your goals. Yeah, definitely. Would you say that it's taking you a while to get to this place or did that kind of come naturally to you with time management and knowing what you need to spend time on that was always um well that was always the way I was because growing up as a kid I I'm an only child so Mm -hmm. my parents were um 
very, I have a very close relationship with both my mother and my father, and they were always uh, making sure I was busy. So busy was a way of life for me. I was in dance school, then, and, and you know, I was in Girl Scouts, and I sang in my church's choir when I was a kid. And then as I got older, I was, um, you know, I was in the marching band. I played the violin. I sang. I, I was involved in so much stuff. I didn't have time to get in trouble. I didn't have right. time to do anything else because I, I had so much stuff going on, so many friends and all of the stuff that I was doing. So by the time I got to college and I'm, you know, you're working part-time, you're going to school and mm-hmm. um, I would always pick up extra hours and shifts wherever I can. I was always busy. So not being busy, I sit there and I'm <laughs> like, okay, what do I do now? Because I need to be busy. Right. Um, so I was never a lounger where I was like lounging around, like not doing anything productive or not reading or something like that. So it, I think it was just something that was always ingrained in me. But as an adult, I really try to stick to being focused because now that I, you know, I work full time and I have other responsibilities, mm-hmm. I have to stay focused and I have to make sure that the, not just my writing and book stuff and my job, but my, my nine to five job gets done, but that the other little things, you know, your doctor's appointments and your errands and, you know, whatever else you have to do, that all has to get done. So you have to really super manage yourself. Definitely. You do. It takes a lot, but it can be done. It can be. Absolutely. And everybody else is doing it. So it's like, why can't you do it too? You can. (laughs) Yes. A thousand, a thousand, thousand percent. And, um, it's like I said, with people who have kids, I think it's, it's much, much, much different. I don't oh, have yeah. children, but I have friends who do and they're, it, it's so much. So that I can totally understand how that eats up a lot of your time. And it's a big, big, big responsibility. But, uh, you know, anybody who is, um, you know, just, you know, sitting there, like I said, wasting time, that time can be better spent. Yeah, definitely. Um, so being like more introverted, would you say that has helped you to really take that time to be able to sit down and focus and write a book? Cause I just know, like for me, I, that would probably be like, that's heaven for me. Like I could read and write and sit by myself and be alone. And like, that's how I recharge too. Same here. Um, but do you think that we have that advantage when it comes to like doing projects like this? You know, that's interesting. That is an advantage. And I never really thought of it that way, but it, you're absolutely correct. That's, that's an advantage in and of itself. I don't get FOMO. I don't, if I see people yeah. going out, I don't sit there going, either. oh, like I really <laughs> wish I was out getting really drunk right now. Like, I just don't care. I like, okay, whatever. That's great. You know, it's, um, but you know, you're, you're absolutely right. It is an advantage, I think. And um, I think uh, if I were very extroverted where I loved going out and I loved mm-hmm. having fun and partying and doing all this stuff, um, I would probably have a lot more difficult of a time staying focused, but being introverted helps me to focus. I'm okay with being home and working and mm-hmm. um, I, I'm, I'm totally fine sitting home on a Saturday night, typing away in my office. It's, it's like, that's so much fun to me. Fun, that's, isn't it? that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. Not going out really. I mean, believe me, I, I love my friends dearly. My, I have a 
very supportive group of friends, but it's not the be all end all for me to go out all the time. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm like, I could stay home. I tell my friends, I'm like, y'all know I'm not the Friday night girl. It takes a lot for me to get dressed and come out with you after I've had a, a whole day of work. Like I could just go home and lay in my bed, read a book, put on my robe. And I'm like, this is a fun Friday night for me. Yes. Oh my God. I love it. Yes. Yes. Like to me, the best is um, coming home, maybe having a nice dinner, or even if I just go out to a local place for dinner and mm-hmm. home or um, like sometimes my husband and I'll get coffee afterwards after we eat or something like that. And um, that to me is the best. Like, oh, that, this this was a great Friday night. I, I did need to go out to some See? special whatever. I mean, I live 20 minutes from New York City, not even like I could get there oh, like 20 minutes tops. And I, I can't tell you the last time I was in New York City. I just, I don't, I don't go. It's all the people. It's crowded. It's, oh my God, I can't, I like, can't feel <laughs> it's it. It's a lot. So. <laughs> well, I haven't been to New York yet, but I can imagine. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, oh gosh, it's going to take me a lot to get through this. Yeah. <laughs> it's prepared. Um, you know, I think it's something to experience once. Um, and I always mm-hmm. say, I, and New York's a great place. Like the city is a is a fantastic place. There's so many interesting things to see, so many interesting types of people everywhere. It's very diverse. There's just everything you want is there. Um, that being said, I always say if the George Washington Bridge disappeared and the Lincoln Tunnel disappeared and everything that connects New Jersey <laughs> to, and to New York just kind of disappeared and Manhattan was its own island, I'd be like, well, that's okay. That's <laughs> Okay, no problem here. Not missing out on anything. <laughs> it's a wonderful place. Like my dad's from the Bronx originally in the city. Um, you know, as, and it's like he knows the city really well. But he always says yeah. the same thing. He's just like, you know what? It's a great place, but um, it's it just too many people, too much congestion, too noisy, and God bless the people who can deal with it. But I can't. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how it is here in Atlanta. It's starting to be like, I love my city and I like going downtown. I like the culture. As long as I can leave and go back to my side of town and go home later, I'm like, perfect. That's fine. I'm not far away from it. I can get to it if I need to. But I thought I wanted to live in the city. I'm like, ah, there's no way I would survive. I can't do it. <laughs> I need it's a lot. space oh. away. I mean, I can't recharge. No. And, and I know I've never been to Atlanta yet. I heard it's an awesome city and there's so much there, but mm-hmm. I also know that the congestion with the traffic and everything is really, really bad because at least in oh, New York, yeah. there's a lot of public transportation. You could Ubers and cabs and subways and trains and everything. But, um, I know Atlanta's, um, public transportation isn't so no. um, <laughs> efficient. <laughs> Um, it's lacking so that makes it even worse if you're trying to go from a to b you're sitting in traffic going like oh yes oh my gosh yeah we have our little martyr train station but it's not the best it could be better (laughs) and like you said everybody's taking ubers you know we do have a lot of like pedestrians downtown um a lot of people who live down there will ride bikes or walk you know or take if they have to they'll take an uber Um, but I think it works for people who are really into that. Like they live in the city, they walk and bike every day and they're used to being, you know, in that crowd. Whereas for me, I'm like, I want to come in for a little while and then I want to leave. So I would be the person sitting in traffic, which also because I want to be in my own car, in my own space. Yes. So yeah, living downtown, I was like, yeah, I don't think that's going to work for me. (laughs) It's not, it is not for everybody and it's not for me either. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of 
you know, recharging, do you have like a specific self-care routine or, you know, what all do you like to do to recharge? Do you have um, like a method that you follow? Well, I don't have a method per se. Um, I do like to journal a lot. So um, that's how I just kind of get my thoughts out and, um, you know, sort things out in my life. I journal a lot. Um, I'll make myself a cup of decaffeinated tea if I'm really just feeling kind of that relaxes me a lot Mm -hmm. is drinking tea. Um, I'm not so into the bubble baths. Um, they make me really warm for some reason. And I feel yeah. worse than when I, I don't know, it's really strange. But, oh no. Oh my God. Um, I, I just, I like to just relax and maybe watch a movie. Watching movies always helps me, um, chill out. I get pedicures religiously every three weeks. Ooh, nice. Um, every three weeks I have like, I'm like, friends with the women who own my nails. Yeah. So like, nails that I go to them. They know me. They like know my whole life. They're so great. So um, and uh, that's, that's the one thing I, I really, I stick to because I always know I have my, my nail appointment every three weeks and I try to exercise as much as I can. I do a lot of cardio. So that helps me relieve a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, it's just a combination of all different things. I just try to listen to myself and I think, okay, what do I need today? Do I need to be home today? Do mm-hmm. I need to write and, and journal? Do I, uh, you know, do I need to just lay down for a little bit? And uh, I, I think every, every type of self-care is different just depending on, on what you need for that day and what your right. body is telling you. Yeah, and not feeling guilty that if you need to take a moment or get away or lay down or rest, to not feel guilty about it. Because I know a lot of people are like, no, you know, they have to stay busy or they feel bad or feel guilty for taking time to themselves. And so, you know, that's one of my biggest things is like we need to continuously take some type of self-care. And so I like that you said every three weeks you have an appointment, um, to, you know, to get a pedicure. And that was something that, you know, I always wanted to do. And so mine was getting my nails done. I'm like, okay, if I can't do anything else, then can I go get my nails done every couple of weeks? Yes. You can stick to that because I mean, we deserve it. And it's a, you know, a way for you to unwind so that you can continue um, being successful and taking care of the things that you need to take care of. So yeah, definitely. I applaud you for that. I mean, more women need to be able to take that time and take that self care. So thank you. Yeah. It's really important because when you burn yourself out, um, you're not really doing anybody any favors, especially your body. Um, and stress is a silent killer. And if you don't take time to de-stress and to relax, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be burning the candle at both ends. And that, that is not good for you. That's not good for the people in your life, you know, your, your friends and your family. And it's, it's certainly not good for your work either. If you're feeling stressed and you're trying to create something, whether it's a book where you're trying to work on a business or um, you're trying to set up your podcast episodes and figure out what you're going to talk about on each mm-hmm. episode, and you can't give all of yourself to that because you're just so drained. You have nothing left to give. So it's so important to to um, to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Yes, awesome, definitely. So, well, my dear, is there anything else that you would like to discuss or let our audience know about? Um, yeah, do you have anything else for me or for the audience? Anything you want to tell me about your book that you haven't disclosed already? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I will be um, 
hopefully I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I am trying to publish my second book by the end of this year. Wow. Um, so yeah. You're on a roll girl. Yeah. I, I just, I want to just boom, 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 just keep banging them out. Um, and, uh, so that's something that's exciting. That's coming up. Um, and, um, I just want to encourage anybody listening who has that, that dream or that vision of, of something they've wanted to do since they were a child and wanting to, um, you know, accomplish or take a trip or whatever, find a way to do it. You can absolutely do it. Um, and I, I always tell people, I did not come from a family, like a, like a rich family, or I didn't have any sort of special leg up or anything like that. I always say this. Um, mm-hmm. I came from a, a very loving, caring home with a lot of support and parents that encouraged me to follow my dreams. But um, I come from middle-class America. I'm uh, you know, blue collar town. And um, anybody, regardless of where you are in life, you can always pull yourself up. You can always mm-hmm. um, do something and accomplish something no matter where it is that you are in life. So just keep that in mind. If I can do it, you can do it. Anybody can do it. You just have to have the right mindset and stick to your goals and just block out all the the junk Mm -hmm. and stay focused on that end result. Yes. I love that. So true. It can be done y'all. You hear it first from her. She wrote a book, self-published it. You can do it. Yes. Yes. Anyone can do it. (laughs) Well, my dear Gina, I'm so glad that you were able to join me and the audience. Um, I look forward to reading your book here soon. The letters in the old house. Um, Let our audience know, how can we find you connect with you? Are you on Instagram, Facebook? Um, How can we connect with you? Sure. So I am on Facebook and Instagram. My Facebook is um, Gina Marie Agdarian, my author page. And I'm on Instagram. My handle is G sells seashells, like Uh a fun tongue twister. She sells seashells, (laughs) except it's G sells seashells. And if you'd like to visit my website, I am at G sells seashells.com. Nice. Thank you so much, Gina. You guys, I will have Gina's info in the show notes so that you can connect with her as well. And I hope you'll check out her book, The Letters in the Old House. Thanks so much for joining me, Gina. Thank you so much, Regis. It was a pleasure being on the show today. All right, guys. Stay tuned for the next episode. See you then. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Holistic Sojourner podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave me a review. Also, don't forget to head over to theholisticsojourner.com to sign up for your free resources like my Millennial Life Crisis Guide and the Come Back to Heart Center Ritual Kit with a guided meditation. It's time to get out of crisis mode and into purpose. And remember, your happiness is your responsibility.